Miracy. They started meeting with each other outside of that week behind my back. I didn't even know about it <laughs> until later. I was like, what? You guys have been meeting this whole time? <laughs> and that was amazing. Hello, and welcome to Course Lab, the show that teaches creators like you how to make better online courses. I'm Nate Bristol, co-founder and CEO of Riziku. Unfortunately, Danny couldn't make it today, but don't worry, he will be back for upcoming episodes. In each episode of Course Lab, we showcase a course and creator who's doing something really interesting, either with the architecture of their course or the business model behind it or both. Today's guest is Dr. Barbara Bersinger. Barbara is the creator of the Behavior Decoding Method, as well as the CEO and founder of the Energetics of Eating. Welcome to the show, Barbara. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. We're excited to hear more about your work, and maybe we can start there. So can you kind of just give us the 30,000-foot view of what you do and, and how you came to this world of, of online courses? Yeah. Well, I train experienced coaches and counselors who work with clients that struggle with food and body issues and help them create rapid and lasting changes using the behavior decoding method. And for coaches, I call it the food and body code. It's a professional certification course for both. And it's about advancing and transformation of recovery from disordered eating, whether it's emotional eating, chronic restriction, any kind of weight-related behaviors, and beliefs and identity. So I discovered an actual code through my own struggles with healing myself from these issues decades ago. And I began using it with my clients with very dramatic results. And after a while, I felt like I was hoarding this knowledge and insight. And I wanted to see if it worked across the spectrum of food and body issues and if it was duplicatable to teach to other you know, practitioners and coaches. So that's kind of how I got started with teaching the course. And so I miraculously got somebody <laughs> to film three of my clients in a studio where I was just doing the elicitation process with them. And I did three different codes. And so the audience got to see the, the aha moments, the neural resets, the changes that were going through the clients without me saying anything other than just asking them questions about what they're doing. And so that was like really successful. People saw it and I, I would stop the video and tell them things like, now watch this or notice this or, you know, put little inserts in there. And at the end of the session, I had maybe a hundred something people in the audience at that time. And half of them came up to the stage and somebody said, can you do a webinar? And I was like, I hadn't done a webinar before at that time. And I was like, sure, I can do a webinar. So I had like 15 people sign up right there and you know, really wanted this. And so I developed a course in about six weeks. That's how my course got started. And then a couple of years ago, three years ago, I did a beta course for coaches. And the beta course was so fun. It was just after the shutdown of the pandemic in 2020 when it started. And, you know, everybody was like, oh, it's so nice to be home and, you know, cuddling up. <laughs> and we had just started a home remodel. So we had no floors, very few walls. You know, we're living in two rooms. I go, this isn't fun. <laughs> but I had an outside office that I could go to. And all I did was like work on this course <laughs> and see my clients and that was the best thing that happened during that time, you know, of, of all that angst around the pandemic. Give us an example of what that looks like for people who are not familiar with this idea of a decoding or what a decoding process is. What does that look like? Well, you actually go through what I call the object of the behavior, like with decoding food cravings, that's the foods. So you start with the foods. What do you love about these foods? Now they tell you the foods that they crave. 
And everybody loves to talk about that. And you want to know the names of foods like mother's cookies or Rocky Road ice cream. You know, there's metaphors in the foods themselves. And then what they love about it, there's tons of metaphors in that that relate to their life. Like, for example, soft and warm on the inside and crunchy on the outside, just little things like that. Or maybe there's a lot of sweet things, you know, so maybe somebody's missing sweetness in their life, which is often the case. But I don't really process during that decoding session. It's just eliciting all of this. And so you, in that case, you go through the foods, the positive feelings that they get from the foods and what they love about it, and then the positive feelings, and then the trigger feelings. What came just before that reach? And when they have that loaded up, where do you feel that in your body? When they have that loaded up, they can access the next question, which is, what do I really need right now? And when that feeling is loaded up, you have access to that when it's in the body, it's right there. So they can usually get that really quickly, what that need is. And then what happens in the brain is that the brain is kind of configuring what's the positive feeling that they're after and what need is trying to get met. And from that, the person starts coming up with, how else do you know? How else do I know how to get those positive feelings and desires in my life and have these unmet needs satisfied? So they come up with these ways and that are uniquely their own. So another example would be judgments about body. So you're decoding the words because it's not really a behavior. So it becomes a translation of the feeling about that onto their body. That's huge or that's disgusting or that's, you know, whatever the words that they're using about themselves. There's ones on weight and size wishes. How did you determine initially that your market was coaches, psychologists, practitioners? How did you determine that? I was working with individuals for a long time myself as a practicing nutritionist. I have a doctorate in spiritual healing and energy medicine and have been studying all kinds of, you know, alternative and spiritual ways of healing. So I brought that into my work as well. And I started getting like really dramatic results, like people absolutely stopping their intractable behaviors, eating disorder behaviors in a matter of weeks, some within a week, literally and longer and being able to sustain it. And that's when I thought, you know, I'm the only one who's doing this. I can't talk to all the people in the world who are struggling with this, nor do I want to. The way to get to more people and to help other practitioners is to teach them this process. And it's not hard. If they've had coaching or counseling experience, it's not for a totally new person to coaching. They need to be trained in that. But it just brings dramatic results to whatever else they're doing in their work. It's kind of an add-on, you know, an adjunct. It's not a separate treatment thing all by itself, but it takes up a big chunk. The second topic we usually cover is more around the business model or the business side of your offering. So could you maybe share a little bit about that? I mean, I think one aspect that's interesting for other course creators is, again, this focus on a practitioner or professional market. So how has that affected your business model, how you price your courses and and just how it works as a business serving other practitioners as opposed to, you know, direct to consumer, as, as people say. I think in terms of my business model, it's kind of like a lot what other coaches do. You know, I do webinars, I do launches, I do challenges, which are really fun to do with the coaches group more than the licensed professionals. I don't quite, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> But it's very fun to do these processes. So once somebody has experienced one or a lot of times I'll give a sample of, you know, here's a sample video and they can see that and they can see the change again and go like, I could do that. I could easily do that. And they can. And sometimes people go and take it like from that first conference. And then when I do live events, 
a lot of times in these types of conferences, you can't sell on stage, right? I love selling on stage, but these types of conferences, you can't. But I always give them an interest form or question and comment form that I pass out myself. I put it on every chair. And so they can put in their interests and their requests. So the first time I did, I had a stack of those interest forms. So then I could reach out and call these people and say, you know, you saw the workshop, you know, what did you think? And how are things in your business right now and in your practice? And that kept the course going. And I advertise in professional journals and organizations that, you know, newsletters that are professional newsletters. So people are coming in. And I've gone through probably five iterations of the professionals course in 12 years with different technologies. And the coaches course is now they're all on the same platform now. And just getting them all polished again (laughs) with new materials and new decoding processes in there. I think one of the unique things that I did with that program that I tried and tested, and it it happened with the other group, but I kind of did this on purpose, was to ask them for feedback, you know, on the course. That was one of the things. And one of those was there was a module that people could put. It was like my, oh, I don't know if I, I didn't call it mistakes, but editing help or something like that. (laughs) Because I was putting in this beta course, I was putting things up very quickly, like I was in the first course 12 years ago. And I had people in my course that loved doing that. You know, they're the type that love the details and that nitpicky editing. That's not me. (laughs) And they were competing with each other. I got this one. And so it was a way for them. It really helped their engagement, you know, in the course because they wanted to see what I was going to goof on. I mean, you know, that wasn't the only thing. I'm not saying that. And there was other ways that they bonded. I did a Q&A consultation and case study and practice group every week with them. And so they got a chance to practice with each other just for a short period of time. They probably didn't get through a whole decoding process and switch off, but they started meeting with each other outside of that week behind my back. I didn't even know about it (laughs) until later. I was like, what? You guys have been meeting this whole time? (laughs) And that was amazing. And they even found out like one of them would be the client. The other one would be the coach. And they just have so much fun with it. And then they come back and say, I didn't even know I had an issue with that. (laughs) You know, until they discovered from the decoding process. So it was quite fun, very lively. They bonded that way. And when I did my doctoral dissertation in 2005, I had a hundred women that went through that program, 55 in the experimental group. And they had every week, they had a buddy. And I think I don't have any way to measure that. But I had to talk about it because I think that was huge, you know, in terms of keeping people in the program, keeping them participating. They had somebody to be accountable rather than, you know, me. And I think that was a big success of all the programs that I've done as well. And giving people rewards and having something to offer at the end, you know, like a mastermind. And they love that too, because the new mastermind is going to be on the beta course for the mindset program. So they get to be involved in helping to develop that by testing it out. So I'm excited about that as well. Awesome. Well, thanks. Uh, this has been great. Any any last words of wisdom or anything else you want to share before we wrap up? Yeah, I have, a, I have a gift for everybody and it's called the Real-Time Quick Decoding. It's something that you can take and use with your clients or yourself or anybody else. It's useful for any behavior. And it goes through those top three questions of, you know, the reach for the behavior, the feelings, and, you know, sort of what they're after. And that just helps you become more consciously aware to get my free gift, you can go to the link, Barbara Bersinger, B-I-R-S-I-N-G-E-R dot com slash real dash time 
quick decoding, and that will be there for you. And there's a great little meditation at the end called a future pace. And that's where once you've answered those three questions, you imagine yourself having those things already, which is super powerful. Dr. Barbara Bersinger is the creator of the Behavior Decoding Method, as well as the CEO and founder of The Energetics of Eating. You can learn more about everything she's got to offer over at www.barbarabersinger.com. So a couple of things jumped out to me here. You know, the first is that Barbara's whole approach is really not what you might traditionally think of as content or teaching. It's based on a process of what she calls elicitation and decoding, where it's more about getting people to reflect, I guess you could say, on their own feelings and emotions and how that's affecting their relationship with food and and their diet, as, as well as how that fits in the broader context of their life. So it's a really interesting and and deep approach, but it's not necessarily one that you would come to by following a sort of traditional framework-based model, right? In other words, okay, we're seeing that people are overeating or struggling with food in different ways, and so we need to come up with like a step-by-step formula as to how you would rationally solve that problem, right? So if you're overeating, you need to follow these seven steps to like buy more whole foods and eat at certain times and like do all these sort of formulaic things. And, you know, what she found in her experience is that approach for a lot of people doesn't work. And and they had to do this more emotional work to actually get traction. And so I guess the takeaways there are twofold. One is it's important to think kind of more broadly and more laterally about the problems you're trying to help people with and make sure that you're not getting too sort of narrowly drawn to a traditional content-centric or framework-centric way of thinking about helping people. And the other is just remembering to also explore the emotional layer of the problems that your clients are having. I mean, that will be very obvious and intuitive to many people who are coaches or psychologists and, and work at that layer all the time. But it may be unexplored territory for people who have been coming to this work from a more traditional training background, or you're coming from a field like business or engineering where the emotional layers are often less explored. There could be some really um, interesting opportunities to unpack there. And the, the second thing that struck me about Barbara's work is that she really built her business from the ground up with a very clear customer focus, which was starting with like healthcare practitioners and counselors, not attempting to serve directly individuals or, you know, what people call consumers, even though this is kind of an awkward term at all, but really just focusing on these professional practitioners, then gradually expanding that to coaches over time, but having that very, very clear and tight focus on who she is serving and how she is helping them to better serve their clients and grow their business as probably what contributed to a lot of the growth and success of her courses versus if she had tried to have a much broader and more scattershot approach to just teaching anyone in the world about these decoding methods. So those were a couple of things that stood out to me. And I think there's a lot to be learned by listening back to this this episode, thinking about how to apply those principles to the courses you're working on. Thank you for listening to Course Lab. I'm Abe Crystal, co-founder and CEO of Riziku. Course Lab is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Just Between Coaches and Making It. 
This episode of Course Lab was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Jeff Govertson assembled the episode. Danny Eni is our executive producer, post-production by Post Office Sound. Another thanks to Barbara for talking us through her program today. Remember, you can learn more about her and the decoding methods over at barbarabersinger.com. And to make sure you don't miss the excellent episodes coming up on Course Lab, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, go ahead and leave us a starred review. It really does make a difference. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. All right, are you ready? Wait, what's my cue? It's a behind-the-scenes kind of thing. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Just Between Coaches, the podcast that tackles difficult coaching conversations head-on. I'm Melinda Cohen, and your host for this show. I also know that I'm listening when, again, my mind is relaxed. So I can almost sense that I'm listening on multiple levels. That's a great frame. That's a that's a really great way to think about it. Um, I think so, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because I think that something that is very dangerous is for people to think that being a great coach comes from having the credentials. One has nothing to do with the other. So again, part of it is just, you know, either through questions or asking what they've tried, or sometimes it's, you know, the forest for the trees thing. My favorite part of having the hard conversation is, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so while I love what's on the other side, I think navigating through that conversation is my favorite part. Yeah, because we're not there necessarily as coaches to provide solutions. We're there to guide our people towards solutions. And I don't know if it's, you know, societal pressure or peer pressure, but we don't want to look like we don't know what we're doing. I want to help and support coaches so that they can evolve into their greatness. My desire for the show is if I could scoop up all of the coaches and bring them into my living room and bring up the topics that leave crinkles in our foreheads so that we can fully understand what it means to show up in our greatness fully confident so that we can build better businesses, so that we can be better coaches, so that we can make a lasting impact on this world collectively. And we want to rise to that level. That being said, you do want to set yourself up and your clients up for success by making sure that there is clarity around their expectations and your expectations as to how you can help them. People have to know a little bit about what you offer. Otherwise, how do they know that they need what you can help them with in terms of that transformation? And I love having the conversations and navigating the topics that keep us at the forefront in a time with what I call the results revolution. Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to start by saying that this is a really good problem to have, right? So if you have someone who's resisting your price, it means they're really interested in working with you. The thing is, sometimes it becomes negative. It becomes toxic. I've been in the coaching industry for almost 20 years now. And over these years, I have seen everything behind the scenes in our industry, everything that works, everything that doesn't work. I've seen the evolution of our industry and of what it means to be a coach. 
I just want to say to all the coaches out there, you know, matching who you are to the kind of coach that you want to be is just a practice. Do you want to add some parting words? No, I think you did great. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. This is Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, this is absolutely the tone, the feel, the everything. Okay, so I'm going to stop the recording now. Why, are you stopping the recording? This is going to be fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a wrap. That is going to be an amazing session.